There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. Focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Welcome to Mentally Yours, a weekly podcast on mental health issues brought to you by Metro.co.uk. I'm Yvette and Ellen's here too. We're sat in a cafe in West London. This week our guest is Katrina McDougall. She's a trained chef and she writes a blog called Cook Yourself Happier. Like me, she's got bipolar disorder and she thinks that cooking itself, as well as eating properly, can be therapeutic. So, can you cook yourself well? I have had sort of problems with mental health since I was probably an early teenager Mm. and I always put it down to like bad nerves so when I was little even when I was a child I used to have this horrendous anxiety and I didn't know why Mm. and it would just sort of fester away and I always thought it was something to do with school and I didn't really talk about it because I thought I was sort of embarrassed and thought oh well everybody probably gets a bit nervous and then it got progressively worse and then I would have sort of terrible spells of depression and it wasn't until I was about, ooh, probably about 18, I decided to go to the doctors because I thought, right, this is no fun. This uh, just, you know, abyss, basically. Yeah. And um, they put me on, oh, I can't even remember, something beginning with S, that then there was some hullabaloo in the press saying that you shouldn't, you know, if you're a certain age, you shouldn't be put on it. And it was always just sort of um, for anxiety and for depression. And then it wasn't until I was 24 that I went to see a psychiatrist and unfortunately my poor mum had to pay to see a private one because mm. the waiting list on the NHS is horrendous yeah. and some, you know you can't wait and you know I was in a very lucky position that she did that otherwise I would have just had to have sort of endured it and sat it out 
and he sort of mentioned bipolar, but he put me on sort of two medications and said, oh, well, it might be, it might not be. And, you know, if you don't click with somebody, you don't have, you know, a sort of a great confidence in their, in their sort of opinion. Yeah. So I thought, oh, well, no, no, it wasn't. And then I was fine. He put me on something for 10 years and it sort of kept, sort of stabilised it. And I would have highs and lows like everybody else, but nothing that was sort of, you know, completely debilitating. It sort of kept mm-hmm. me ticking along. And then it wasn't till the back end of 2014, um, the doctor said, right, you've been on your medication for 10 years. So, uh, you know, you're obviously doing quite well. We'll reduce it. And they took me off it too suddenly, you know, too quickly. So I'd been on this for 10 years yeah. at quite a high dose. And then they... It was, actually, it's not even funny because it was so awful, but they just said, all right, you'll be fine. It wasn't my usual GP, it was a locum. Mm. And I believe, only because I've sort of learnt uh, since, that they don't specialise in psychiatric things. I think when you do your training as a GP, you maybe get like six months in each section. So he was just, you know, a general practitioner. He wasn't an expert, and I'm you know, not putting the blame on him. But I think with hindsight, I would have insisted, you know, to go and see a specialist, basically. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so they and didn't it, taper it at all? No, they didn't taper it. And then it just... It was horrendous, absolutely yeah. horrendous from after that. And it was citalopram, and I'd gone from sort of like 60, and it had been reduced to 50, and then it, and I said, you know, I'm really not keen. I'm sort of resigned to the fact, a bit like a diabetic or an mm. asthmatic, if I have to take something for the rest of my life to keep me sort of on an even keel, I'll do it. Yeah. So I should have, you know, I should have insisted. The anxiety came back like a million times more awful than I'd ever experienced it and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't eat and I couldn't go out and I couldn't work and I sort of convinced myself I sort of thought all right it's uh, it's obviously because I've you know come off the medication so if I get back on it I'm sure things will return to normal but Mm. it it didn't so then it was this huge long cycle of trying to find another medication and acceptance because I was still sort of thinking oh no it's not bipolar you know it's just anxiety or sort of depression so um, stuck it out for about nine to ten months, uh, seeing different people. Went <laughs> to see another GP, which I can only laugh about it now. And uh, after the event, and bless the poor thing, she was like fresh out of medical school, and she looked like Harry Potter. And she literally got this book that looked like a potions book from off the shelf, flicked through the pages, and she didn't have a clue. And she was like, "Oh well, we'll try some of this, and we'll try some of this," and put me on three different things. And I thought this is no good so my other half found an amazing psychiatrist and she was like no it's bipolar Mm. I burst into tears because I thought oh my god I don't know anything I don't know enough about it and what Mm. am I going to do and she was absolutely amazing and she said you know we can't cure it but we can manage it so you know it's not the end of the world and from then it was just finding the right medication that took four attempts so that wasn't very good because you had to obviously endure the transition from one to the next one to the other and then touch wood since uh, this time last year I've been back to my old self so I'm also bipolar Mm -hmm. and um I haven't actually met that many other people who have no. bipolar. So hi. Yeah, I know. We should, this is actually quite exciting we should, for me. We should let's open a society. I literally know about maybe two other people with yeah. it, just because I don't mm-hmm. know. I've never been one for going to support groups or anything like that for some no. reason. I'm quite sort of no. independent, and I'm just like, no, I'll be fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, but for those listening who don't really understand what it is mm-hmm. or um, don't really get what it feels like, can you sort of what is it like? Basically, because I was sort of I don't know if I was in denial, but I sort of chose to put my head in the sand and not read anything Mm. and just sort of went by my own symptoms 
So I've always loved a good chat, like incessantly talkative since I was little and I've always had bad nerves. So I just thought it was part of my character. And then I would have these fantastic highs that would last. But then with the highs, you know, you you just, there's no feeling like it, I don't think. You can't compare it to anything else. And it's almost like invincibility. Mm. But you sort of, I was lucky that it didn't tip into sort of arrogance or, you know, some people experience sort of really, really manic highs with it out of control. Yeah. My uh, lows would be the thing that would get me and they would last for months and months and months. And then you would have a good spell and you'd think, oh, this is fantastic. You know, I'm coming out of it. I can, you know, work and chat and socialise and be the life and soul of the party. And, you know, there's nothing I can't do. Mm. But the last time it happened, it was I felt almost like, as if I had an egg timer in my head, which probably sounds a bit crazy, but it was almost like the mad, it was almost like the rabbit out of Alice in Wonderland and it was like, I've got to do so much, I've got to do so much because it's going to crash and, it, you know, it's going to happen again and yeah. it was like a timer and then, of course, it did. Yeah. So I think the inevitability, the inevitable thing is for every high you get you're going to come crashing down, so mm. it's just to, it's to find an even, you know it's to get that sort of middle ground and and yeah. try to live as well as you can, really. You know, when you're in the midst of the highs or in mm-hmm. the midst of those, can you are you still conscious that after the high there'll be a low, and after the low there might be a high? Well, I think I think like when you're going like you know they sort of say because it used to be called manic depression, yeah. And now they've given it this you know trendy bipolar. bipolar. Yeah, it's let's cool. go. Yeah, let's go for it. Have a trendy title. <laughs> I think it was the sort of when it when it was called manic depression, mm. uh, probably people didn't understand it. So yeah. unless you were sort of. Um, you know, you were sort of showing the manic states. Uh, I don't know how you would sort of differentiate it between your sort of personality and people would think, oh, they're chatty and they're fantastic and they're Mm. wonderful company. And then you would almost sort of hide your other your other self yeah and people always say you know for that you know, you've got to have the light and the dark and if somebody's funny or you know great company or whatever it's sort of almost inevitable that they're going to have these lows so I think it's just yeah I think it's just you've got to think right I feel in fantastic form but it's always that slight anxiety lurking that there's going to be a bad spell coming because that's mm. that's inevitable and that's what the illness is about. There's two kinds as well, aren't there? Sort of bipolar one and bipolar two. What are the differences? So I the difference is that I think you've got the type where you don't have delusions. Is that right? Well, or thank God. Touch wood. I hope not. Yeah, yeah I haven't Whereas seen any like pink elephants or anything. I get delusions. Uh-huh. Hooray! Oh. So basically, what happens is like I'll get the chatty bits mm-hmm. that you have. So I'll get sort of super. Mm-hmm. really talkative just mm-hmm. I don't want to sleep like yeah. it's like why would I sleep because I have all these ideas I can't mm-hmm. stop writing it's yeah. just like I can't like I just work through the night constantly it's mm-hmm. you know it's like being on just loads and loads of coffee or something or mm-hmm. possibly drugs it's or, just it's like the yeah. fast like the fast forward buttons got stuck yeah yeah exactly it's just like like the road runner mm-hmm. but for me um I think for you on that point you'd sort of stay there and then you'd come down mm-hmm. whereas for me I then carry on so that it's sort of like my brain sort of loses touch with reality mm-hmm. so like all these I think the Lots of things are firing, basically, in my brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we've talked a little bit before on the show about my delusions, but... Eminem. Are you thinking Eminem? No! <laughs> Although that would be... Yeah. That would be fun, that would, uh-huh. be, that would be hilarious. Of no, all but the like... people you've got to pick, <laughs> oh you, my go God. It, you go for no, it, you go for it, No, but things like thinking that celebrities were stalking me or um, thinking that I had magical powers or um, all the classics, you know, like... Um, well, I say all the classics. I don't know if I've heard all about this one, but like, you need to get ones. yourself down to my Harry Potter doctor. <laughs> yeah, get, get her wizard book out, and that'll sort you right out. Yeah. So, so for me, it goes yeah. right up and then mm. sort of right down.
you've got a, a brilliant blog. Oh, thank um, you. Which is about um, your cookery. Sounds like cooking sort of very therapeutic for you, and actually, absolutely, sort of, yeah. yeah. Since I was it's probably the same point, my anxiety started. Uh, people used to sort of take the mix of the only thing I've ever wanted to do is like cook from the age of ten. So that's my like crazy nerdy Adrian Moore passion in life mm. is all things food cooking and that's your career exactly and I've been yeah absolutely I've been lucky enough to do it as a career and then it was around about Christmas time and my uh, beloved other half gave me a book by Ruby Elliott and it was illustrations of how she manages her mental health and you know uh, to sort of match mood and stuff and he said to me you should do that with your cooking why mm. do we? and it was literally a sort of lightning in a bottle moment a light bulb and I thought oh yes 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 I must do it I must do it and I thought right if I can you know show people how to match to cook to match their mood because one of the you know one of the worst things is when you're feeling at your lowest ebb you don't you don't want to eat you don't want to yeah. go out you don't want to do shopping the last thing you're worrying about is you know five a day uh, proper meals I mean I would quite happily live on toast and peanut butter when I was sort of you know feeling horrendous mm. but it is so important to to try and do as much as you can and to you know not to feel any pressure and you know just just to yeah and also like if your family are looking after you or your partner or your friends to try and make it inclusive because you know so when I was feeling sort of really really ill um, I didn't want to talk to anybody you know the last thing I wanted to do is sort of be social or include people so mm. it's it yeah that's basically where it comes from just to to yeah share recipes and for me also it's been a huge um completely focuses my attention and it's almost as if everything goes away and I'm not saying you know that's not to say that your anxiety and you know all your day-to-day -day worries vanish but for that time it's enormously helpful when you're in highs and lows or when you were in highs and lows mm -hmm. were you cooking and stuff during that period uh, when I was really really ill yeah. I, I couldn't no I couldn't work okay. yeah and that's another thing I think I want to sort of uh, do with my blog is um, sick pay you know when people are so um, you know if you broke you know if you break your leg and you're off work for six yeah. weeks people don't you know sort of bat an eyelid yeah. but with mental health because it can reoccur yeah. a lot of people um, you know have to match their work but I was self-employed so I could sort of match my work to um, to when I was feeling well so um, yeah, just to be very conscious of, of budget and, you know, you might have a limited amount of money coming in and just just even little things, you know, like juice shots or vegetables. Um, for, so, you know, you're sort of thinking, I can't even get out of bed, let alone go shopping. Yeah. And also another thing that I try to do is like cooking, like batch cooking. So if you're feeling in a really good state of mind, you yeah. think, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. You know, I'm going to make some elaborate, exotic uh, dish to make things that you can freeze yeah. for when you're feeling awful. And you don't want to go out and you don't want to go shopping and you just want, like, comfort food. This is probably a terrible thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. No, just go, just go <laughs> for it. When you're on a high, would mm -hmm. that be kind of when you're like, now I'll do all my batch cooking because I have energy? Oh, because I have, yeah, yeah. endless energy. Um, it's, it's sort of a... Yeah, it is a bit. It's there are some days, like I'm sure you have as well, and you think, right, that's it. I can do anything. It's yeah. like I can. I'm going up Ben Nevis in one fell swoop, and nothing's mm. going to stop me. And you know, I'm going to make all these fantastic dishes, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. But then that's that sort of goes with the, with for me personally, the next day it's sort of a bit of a a bit of a come down, um, and you think, oh, I can't be bothered. Yeah. So yeah, when you're feeling tip top, fantastic get in the kitchen get cooking put it in the freezer 
It depends where you are as well, yeah. because like if you if you're at a certain level, you're you get you're really distracted as well. Well, yeah. I sort of tend mm-hmm. to be anyway. So like yeah, you could be very productive. But what tends to happen is I can imagine. I think it might be a disaster for me cooking if I was in that sort of state. It's like half because I'd, Yeah, because I'd start making something and then mm. I'd be like, oh my God, I should totally make a chocolate mousse and then I'd start making that. And then I'd be like, oh my God, I should totally do this. And I'd basically start making lots of different things. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, I don't know if I'd actually ever finish making them. I think a lot of people are quite frightened of cooking. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they, they, they don't have the basic skills and they sort of think, oh, there's no way I can do that or I don't have the right equipment. So it's basically domestic setting. You don't need to have a commercial industrial kitchen. You yeah. know, you don't need to go oh, chef crazy just use what you have um, you know conscious of budget see what you've got in the larder there are so many things you can do with just the simple basic ingredients that don't the last thing you know we want anybody to get anxious or fret or think that they're not capable and it's just to start sort of small enjoy it see see what you you know what you like and what you don't like and take it from there and just don't yeah just you're not doing it for anybody else you're doing it for yourself because i think like fear of failure if you look at like fancy recipe books yeah like, i can't do that or like if it's not perfect you're like, oh, i've massively fucked this well, up look at look at bridget jones yeah with the soup with the blue soup exactly exactly get the string in there just go for it so no i think you've just got you've got to try and keep your sense of humor and just think what's the worst that's going to happen yeah you put it in the bin that's it you know are there particular the things that you think are bad for mental health generally mm. in terms of food it's not a matter of oh you shouldn't eat this and you shouldn't eat that and that's bad for you because what's the point of living you've got to have some things that you enjoy Mm. and I think if you get that happy balance that you're not sort of overindulging with you know 800 Krispy Kremes and 25 packets of crisps just um, just anything basically that's homemade if you're Uh like in the kind of pit and you're finding it difficult to even get out of bed and you just the idea of making something seems mm. impossible how do you like get yourself started what, into, mot- motivate myself yeah like actually get out and I think, get in the kitchen I think the fear for me would probably be right what have you eaten in the last however many days you've yeah. eaten six jars of peanut butter mm. so this is not good you're probably going to turn into a human boil because <laughs> of all the fat or however many bits of white bread I think it's just I'm not saying mind over matter because that does not always work but it's just you've almost got to make yourself you've got to think right I'm going to have to make something simple scrambled eggs or you know soup get some soup out that you've made um, when you're feeling in better fettle and just just little things just yeah and also, do you find the, the blog helps? Because mm. you've also, you're thinking about the readers, aren't you? Absolutely. Well, that's the thing. You. I'm thinking about other, because I just sort of thought, you know, before I sort of uh, came out and said, I've got bipolar, um, I didn't know there were support groups and I didn't know that it affected so many people. And I didn't know that, you know, there's so much you can do to help yourself. Mm. So it was, yeah, it was a complete revelation. And I think, right, well, if I feel like this, you know, there are going to be lots of other people that feel like that. What can I do to encourage them? Anything that will help me, if it helps one other person, it's bound to be a good thing. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Well, no, thanks so much for inviting me uh, to chat. So it's been great. Well, we are really very angry about this shit. Yes, we are really very angry about this shit. This week, I'm really angry about cuts to mental health services on the NHS. When I first heard the term Cinderella service, I thought it was a lovely phrase. I misunderstood it because I thought it conjured up all kinds of things like twinkly ball gowns and glass slippers and does someday it my prince will come. involve shoes? It does not involve shoes. It does not involve um, glass slippers at all. Have you not heard it? I have never heard this phrase. Okay, so a lot of people sort of 
talk about the, men- the um, mental health provision on the NHS as being a Cinderella service. And that is because it's like the Cinderella, before she's gone to the ball, basically when she's on her knees crawling around in the dirt with rats for company. So, like, nobody's really her friend. There's, mm. It's limited, you know, like she's kind of just got the scraps. So that's what Cinderella service means. And um, it's a huge topic, but Angry doesn't really cover how I feel about the current state of the NHS. Mental Health Trust in England have had their funding cut by 150 million over the past four years. So we've talked about how that affects people directly, how people can't get counselling, people just can't get the support that they want. And I think um, Katrina was talking about some of the sort of support that she had or the lack of support that she had from her doctor on the NHS. The training's just not there, the money's just not there and it actually just makes me extremely angry. And also we all know about um, the rise in male suicides and when people sort of hear that sort of statistic they'll just they'll think, oh that's sad. But then they don't join the dots, they don't think well maybe that's because actually mental health services in England are really fucking terrible. In terms of the Cinderella thing, does that mean there's going to be a point where mental health like goes to the ball and gets dressed up? How well, I fucking hope so. Yeah, me too. Because at the moment it seems like there's just lots of people just kind of pay lip service to it. So yeah. at the moment it feels like mental health is having a moment. You know, lots of people are talking about it, which is great. But fundamentally you have people who are actually in the system, in the services not getting the support that they need. Uh, You have situations where people are at hospitals and their family have to sort of travel miles and miles to see them because there aren't beds locally. That's the sort of situation that we have. Stupid crap, my brain has told me that's boy and Oh, stupid, 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 stupid. This week, a ridiculous thing my brain keeps telling me sometimes at 4am, sometimes at other times, is if one of my friends doesn't text me, um, they're definitely dead um, and have been killed. And it's not even in response to things. It's literally just if I wake up at 2am and I look at my phone and there's no message, first I think they hate me. If they're a significant other, I think they're definitely cheating on me right now. Mm. And then once I've gone through that, which takes about 10 minutes, I then think they're 100% dead and lying in a ditch. And if I don't call the police or something, no one will find their body. I'm sorry for laughing, but I do find that hilarious. I get that it's ridiculous. I get that it's funny. I see the humour, but also, what if this time they actually are dead, you know? And then no one does anything. Is it that you think that they're all dead together? No, it's usually individuals. Sometimes all dead. A lot of times I think all of my family are dead. Right. Which is partly my own fault because I don't call my mum enough. And mm-hmm. so I, would, I wouldn't know. She also wouldn't know if I was dead, which is a bit bleak. So I do just assume, like, if they're not messaging, they could have died. They could have been murdered. It's always murder also, to be but, clear. Yeah, with the whole death thing. So, like, has, has your brain ever, like, completely warped it and been like, well, maybe I'm dead and oh, everyone yeah. else... Oh my god, really? All the time. When I, especially when I was younger, I always thought, like, what if I'm actually just a ghost? And also a lot of times my worry was, um, what if everyone around me is actually just a figment of my imagination? Yeah. Or everything I think is not real and people are just humouring me because they're like, oh, that's a crazy girl. That's a genuine concern. When, well, is it a concern? Because wouldn't you find it quite fun to be a ghost? Because you could just sort of go around and sort of mess with people. Please don't feed this to me because I will obsess about being a ghost now. Okay, you're definitely not a ghost. Is it maybe the fact that you're 
you've you've done that text and they haven't replied. So have you considered switching off your phone? This because this is actually something that my therapist has yeah. recommended to me me to do, and it's extremely helpful. So I switch off my th- my phone when I come in the door from work, and then that's it. I don't have any contact with the digital world, and it's actually made a, a huge help because I'm just in the moment now. I'm in reality, it's fine. The exact opposite is true for me because okay. I'm annoying. When I'm switched off my phone or even like not having emails, I imagine that whatever is lurking on there will be the absolute worst. And when I turn on my phone, that's when I'll get like seven missed call notifications and a text from dad being like, your mum's dead, obviously, because that is how you, your dad would tell you that. But yeah, it just doesn't help. I need to have the phone that so I can see either the absence of messages or new messages. Have you considered that it's maybe slightly, I don't know... Um, Insane? No, 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 no. I wasn't going to say that at all. But what I was going to say is, have you considered that it's maybe slightly arrogant thinking that you can like read the future like that? Because I can't read the future about anything, So, and I'm pretty sure Sam, our producer, can't read the future, and I'm pretty sure our lovely guests can't. So what makes you so special that you know that all these people... Like, I am special. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think until I can predict it. I just think... I don't know. I think I just see risks and danger all around us. I don't want to call myself arrogant, obviously, <laughs> because I'm not. I think it's more just... I. Mm, this feels very much like therapy now, not that I've been in therapy. It's that I can just see that the risk is there, and even though I know it's like 0.01, mm. in my mind, in that particular moment at 2am or 4am, it is like 70% risk. It's so much more likely and just my brain will not accept my logical part saying they're probably not dead. They're probably asleep. That's why they haven't messaged you. Have you thought about going to the other extreme, which is what my one of my ex-boyfriends probably would because he was weirdo, which is like being like, okay, so maybe, maybe think about like, okay, so what if they are dead? Yeah. Like how, you know, like how would I deal with that? And actually, because I remember my ex used to be really obsessed with like z- the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Oh, what would happen if there was a zombie apocalypse? Let's just think it out. Oh, that's a fun thing to do. Anyway, so yeah, I have very weird taste in men. Yeah. So like, have you thought about maybe doing that with this sort of, you know, someone's running late, so that means they're dead. But actually, you know, okay, what would happen if they were dead? Well, you're a sensible person. You know what would happen. You would grieve for a period of time. You'd be very sad. I'm going to ruin this for you. This sounds like a great theory. I have actually tried that before. Okay. And what happened was I then imagined that I'd be framed for their murder. So (laughs) I was like, well, they were going to meet me or text me. So obviously people think that I've killed them. And then also I thought, have I killed them? Because that's also a fun like trick. I think anxiety and maybe OCD, although I'm not diagnosed, it makes you misremember things. Like it tells me I haven't actually closed the door. Or when I thought I closed the door, I actually just opened it and left it open. So you start getting to obsess a point where you're literally like, maybe I have killed my friend and just can't remember it. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. If you've suffered from any of the issues discussed on today's podcast, please get in touch with the Samaritans, samaritans.org, or call them for free on 116 123. 
or if you have any questions or comments about any of the issues we've discussed this week you can always tweet us at at Yvette Caster and at Ellen C. Scott thanks to Katrina top food chat Mentally Yours is brought to you by Metro.co.uk our producer is Sam Bonham loving the Lucy Baker jingles until next week see ya hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.